You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 36 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Vertaja. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. And the 18th general manager of the Montreal Canadiens has been named. Kent Hughes becomes the new GM named on Tuesday. He had his press conference with Jeff Gordon and Jeff Molson a few days ago. I think it was, was it Wednesday? Tuesday. Oh, on the... No, he was named Tuesday. Right. Was it? (laughs) Oh, named Tuesday. They had a game. And then Wednesday was the day off before they went to Vegas and he had his press conference at the Bell Center. It was very fancy. It was on the ice. Set up by, I'm I'm assuming, Chantal McAvey. Probably. Yeah, good for her. What is it? I think so. Oh, okay. Um, Super nice background um socially distanced it, it looked awkward <laughs> but it, they have to do it right um no it looked good it looked good that uh, and it was nice to see some people back in the bell center again yeah there was that that like the funny walk that they had to do to get to the table yeah it's weird along it's like, the boards it's it's a little awkward yeah and it was like the first time i saw kent hughes right because yeah. like all the videos they have of him are like really old for some reason mm-hmm. like he had hair in the videos yeah because he's like an agent so or former agent so yeah. he kind of like stays undercover a little bit yeah so yeah exactly so um so yeah he accepts the role in montreal there were uh, a lot of good questions a lot of questionable questions questionable questions exactly um but i'll just throw on to you right away your main takeaway maybe a quote maybe body language a question anything from that press conference for me again it's going to be fairly generic here but i'm going to say the confidence Mm -hmm. i think that he wasn't scared to tell the media something that they didn't necessarily want to hear now there wasn't a lot of that and i I think that what he said look i think he said a lot of right things but again there were a couple times where you know he was put on the spot and you know a couple tough questions like you said a couple good questions a little a couple questionable questions but i think that overall i mean everything that he said he said it with confidence and i didn't think that there was you know I I didn't think that after the press conference, for example, I wasn't saying to myself, oh, well, you know, you know, that that was a weird tone or or his body language was weird on that question in particular. Look, we're not going to speculate here, but all I'm going to say is that he's an agent, former agent. Mm -hmm. This is this is a new project for him. And I think for him to come in here and, you know, to sit at Bell Center Ice and, you know, to answer these questions with confidence and not only with confidence, but in French, which is, look, it's not his first language, mm-hmm. but he did he did a fairly good job. Yeah, so yeah, he did well. I think that, again, the confidence for me was key. And again, we talked about this before the show started, but, you know, there were a couple of questions asking Jeff Gordon if, if, they are, if they were prior best friends and, you know, they knew each other. And they've talked, they, they've talked before, but they admittedly said that they're not best friends. And Kent Hughes wanted to remind the people that he's here for a reason. And mm-hmm. one reason only is because he's ready to take on this project. So with that being said, I think that I like the confidence. I think he's ready for this, and look, we'll see what he we'll see what he can do. Yeah, he's from Beaconsfield, so uh, from the West Island, like we are. Um, yeah. So the the first few questions were like good, just trying to get Jeff Molson's answer about candidates, all that. Mm-hmm. Then obviously someone had to throw in the question about friends, mm-hmm. and I have it right in front of me. The, the now the famous quote, the Jeff Gordon quote: "No offense, but Kent is not my best friend." Way to way to make it awkward. Whoever the interviewer was. Like, you know what I mean? But it's funny because I agree with you. It was, But it was almost like that was the perfect answer that Gordon mm-hmm. could have given. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, like, way to make that awkward. Like, are you guys best friends? Like, that's a little dramatic, no? Yeah. Like, look, like, we're, we're friends. But if someone said, like, oh, like, you know, 
like, are you guys working together because you're better? Like, no, yeah, like, what, like what? Like, you you know, and, and in this case, you're hiring the best person available. And and I think that, again, like, I think people need to realize that, yes, Gort, Gorton had a say, but mm-hmm. Jeff Molson has a team and Jeff Molson himself has a say. So there's a lot of reasons as to why Kent Hughes is the next GM of this team. And it's not solely because him and Gorton know each other yeah. prior to prior to this opportunity. I, I texted you this, but like, I don't know why it's, really like jeff gordon just the way he's he, a thug just the way he <laughs> answers it's almost as if like he answers knowing that his answer will be extremely good like he has so much confidence and seriousness you know what i mean yeah, no i know exactly what you mean like, like, i don't know how to explain it he, he there's a lot of professionalism there's just so, yeah just something about him that just i don't know yeah no i, I like it too and, and look I, i'm not i'm not saying we have to have people in the management room who are cracking jokes every two seconds yeah. but but he does crack jokes also yeah, but, but in a serious way i don't but know they fly under the radar because he has such a mean mug i find yeah like, but like then when he smiles you're like oh you know wow, what I mean? this guy has a personality yeah you know? like i don't know anyways um my main takeaway was the the word modern that was said like mm-hmm. many times by uh kent hughes and i think it's it's important because first of all looking at the three men that were sitting there it's completely different than Bergevin and Molson when they used to sit there right. and you see one guy just with huge biceps just <laughs> ready to take on this team and go through anything and and you saw the way he aged and you saw that he was going through everything possible to make this team good and the pressure he had and whatever. Enough about Bergevin, he did what he had to do. But just different, seeing three guys, modern, who want to take this team not only to one that could win hockey games here and there, mm-hmm but the one that can be successful consistently. Yeah. Like, look at the Boston Bruins. When's the last time they were bad? Well, that's it, man. You know what I mean? They're always considered good. They're always considered teams that can go into the playoffs and win. Exactly. Even though, even though in 2015, they missed by a long shot in that first round. Like, they screwed up royally. Right. And they're still good. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you know, it's funny because I had this conversation yesterday with a with a family friend of mm-hmm. mine. And I was just talking about how you're enti- you're entirely right here. Like, Teams, look, we are willing as fans, and I, I'm speaking for you, and I hope that the, you know you, you agree with me on this, but as fans, we're ready to go through a period of downfall to actually live a period of, of constant success. And you look at teams like we're living it right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning, like they are, they are contenders. Like, look, it, it took them a while to get to where they are, but they're, they're here now, and mm-hmm. they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. You look at the past Chicago Blackhawks in the mid in the mid. Uh, like 2010s there. You look at the Kings and their little dynasty. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what we want. We want to be able to have consistency, like go- a good hockey team that's willing to show up year in and year out and not just when they want. And not only that, like, look, I'm going to read a tweet, uh, a tweet, <laughs> a quote, a quote <laughs> of a tweet. Sorry. Right. A tweet. <laughs> Anyways. Remember the, the Kachinka? Yeah. I, I, I was going to put in the title, but I didn't. I put the actual word Kachina. Anyways. <laughs> Um, this is from Eric Engels. Uh, putting us in context here, he says, uh, Hughes says Gordon and he discussed him joining the Rangers back in the day. Everyone knows that. He asked him to join the Rangers, but the conversation was short because he wasn't prepared to leave his agency. What changed? That was asked to Hughes. Okay. He said the Montreal Canadiens. So, not only is he from here and people complained, oh, he doesn't have a, a French name. He's from here and he understands how important this team is to the city, which right. is super important as a general manager. And it's the Montreal Canadiens here. Like, Jeff Gordon said, 
or not Joe Gordon, Ken Hughes said that Bill Guerin told him that uh, this is the Yankees of, of right. hockey or of baseball. Like, you have to make this team, first of all, it's a team that won 24 cups. And I feel like now around the league, we're a team that just, they're there. But they lost that that identity of championship mentality where you can't accept to lose anymore. And right. I know the fans understand that, like, everyone says, oh, Habs fans can never understand the fact that they could lose sometimes. It's not that we can't accept that. It's the fact that we're, this this franchise is so, they're always talking about their banners and their rings and all that, but they haven't mm. done anything impactful in many years right. consistently. So if this is the man that can bring us to that championship team, I'm not saying you have to win every year, but I'm just saying be competitive every year and go to the playoffs every year and be a team that's scary mm-hmm. and that has an identity that we don't take. If you want to play for this team, and you're slacking off and you're going out there and playing for the the name on the back instead of the logo on the front, you get out of here because there's a culture in here that's winning a winning mentality. Hopefully he brings that. And I hope so because they kind of lost that if you, it, it's it's unacceptable to lose kind of mentality. Absolutely. And and I think I think we noticed that as of late. And, and look again, I think that he did mention that in the press conference. Mm-hmm. They he he was asked, you know, for you, what's 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 important? What's important to build a winning team. And he talked a lot about culture, but not only culture, but he talked a lot about, what's the word I'm looking for? Not pers- character. Character, That's, yeah. Character, look, you said a we, lot. You know, a, a lot of GMs can come in here and say, you know, we want to build our team around character. But he emphasized that. And I think that that's important, right? Because no diss, like I'm not trying to diss what Montreal has right now. But again, you know, they're they're playing in a losing season, not much to play for. And I understand that. But it's nice to see the odd glimpse of Pazetta's character or Rem Pitlick's character or Romanov's character, right? Mm-hmm. And look, like, you can't have everyone on the team with, with, a, with a strong character. That You're not going to find that. But everyone has to buy in. Exactly. And look, I, I'm not, again, it's a losing season and there's not much to play for. But going forward when this team starts to gel and hopefully come, comes together at one point, everyone's, like I just said, is going to have to buy into this new culture, identity, this this new character mm-hmm. that Montreal is going to have to try and build, which they've lost, like you mentioned, in the past, I'd give say, three to five years. Like, a, like if a player gets drafted by the Yankees, they probably tell themselves, okay, this is, there's no messing around here. This is the, the New York Yankees. When a player gets drafted by the Habs, you got to create that, that culture where if when they come in here, it's an honor to play for this team. And I know players say it all the time. Oh, walking in the dressing room, seeing all the legends, it's cool. But enough enough about the past and try and create something now, starting with Suzuki and Romanov and Caulfield, that everyone that plays on this team, like you said, buys in to a winning culture that wants to win for years and that doesn't accept failure. Um, but yeah, he said a bunch of other things. Um about playing fast, uh, with speed, believes in advanced stats, which is amazing. I really like that. I just want to mm. chime in here because look, I'm I'm I don't know very much about it. I don't, and I and I want and I want to learn about advanced stats and and scouting and scouting in a different way, looking at the game in a different way in a different perspective. But I, I think that's cool, and I think that again, that's part of the team that Montreal has been for the past five to ten years. They yeah. haven't, and look, a lot of teams are only starting to do that now. But we seem to be on the back end, and we seem to be late, you know, in terms of advanced stats. And I think you know, like a team like Seattle talked about it. They were the, look, they drafted a team, and 
let's be honest here. They're not looking like a, a they're not looking like a contender. We know mm-hmm. that. But they drafted a lot of guys like a Jared McCann, and they took a guy like Matt Beniers, and they went out and got you know guys who who buy into that advanced stat approach. Yeah, and it's and it's a cool way of looking at hockey, right? Because you can bring in guys like Zdeno Chara and Michael Pozzetta and the big boys, the Ryan Reeves of the world. And look, those guys are always going to be important to a winning franchise. But at the end of the day, there's different ways to look at hockey, and if you can look at hockey in a way that other GMs don't, you might have the upper hand at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So I, I like that, and, and I think that if Look, we talked a lot about the fact that the next GM of this team is probably going to be a puppet to Jeff Gordon. But you know what? I changed my stance. I changed my stance immensely here. And I'm going to say that Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes are going to work together alongside one yeah. another. Yeah, I agree. And I like that. There's one person, though, who might be a puppet. And look, I have no insight whatsoever. This is just based on that there were new changes in hockey operations, but not across the board. Right now, Martin Lapointe is Director of Player Personnel and Amateur Scouting. Okay? There's no head of Amateur Scouting because Trevor Timmons was fired. So right now, it's his job to lose Martin Lapointe, pretty much. All on his draft. And you're at a point where there's a new Director of Hockey Operations who knows how to scout because he was a scout mm-hmm. and it's kind of a specialty definitely the draft so here's my question if they're at the draft table and that point says he wants this guy and gordon says he wants this guy mm-hmm. who's gonna win that battle gordon exactly so there might be a puppet game under hughes right where gordon's gonna make a lot of decisions especially at this draft where there's so much pressure and we'll talk about that later because there's a lot of pressure on the habs especially where they're going to pick. But who knows? Do I, obviously, you can't bring in a new head of amateur scouting. Gordon said he can't because which team is going to let someone leave their organization right before the draft? Like They know everything about that team, whatever. They have all their insight. So it's going to be that point at this draft. Right. And I don't think they're going to say, you know what, let's see if he can... If he can nail this, because do it no, on his own, it, there's no, there's no point. There's like you can't mess up. There, you, you literally can't. You really can't, Mark, because at the end of the day, we we know how sensitive we we've talked about how sensitive mm-hmm. this franchise is right now. And and look, historically, this team has never been this bad, ever. Yeah. And you have to capitalize on that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're gonna get into this topic of conversation soon, but but at the draft table, it it's very hard. Like, you, I don't want to say this like. It, I don't want to say this that this is set in stone, but you cannot mess up. Yeah. Like it's almost like you really, you as whoever's in charge, whether it's Gorton Lapointe or if they're working together, who cares? Mm-hmm. But you cannot mess up. Yeah. Um, I think he, I think Gordon's going to focus a lot on the draft leading up to it because it's not easy to watch players that aren't playing due to COVID. A lot of players aren't playing. They haven't played last year or whatever. Um, and look, I think he's just going to, Go with the flow, receive calls that are guys of guys that are on expiring contracts, and then have Gordon help him out on whatever he needs. But Hughes knows how to evaluate players. He was an agent, so right, he knows how to do it. Um, we'll get into the into the draft a bit, but before we do that, since we're talking about Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, I have the trade board open. Mm-hmm. It's not updated at all. It's from December eighth. Ben Sherratt's there. We can add a few names, Jacob Chikrin, um, Jonathan Drouet, who I'm sure would be there somewhere. Maybe not top 10, but he'd be there. 
Arturi Lekin is a name apparently that's getting a lot of interest. Um, and I'm sure there's the guys like Cedric Paquette and all those bottom six guys that would do would do well on a contending team. We'll start with Sherat, who's pretty obvious, who's going to get moved. Mm-hmm. Like That's why I hate when he's in a scrum, because I'm like, get him out of there, protect him. Yeah, stay, stay safe. Stay ben. safe, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, hopefully it's a big return. He technically is the best defenseman on the market if Chikrin doesn't go. Or Klingberg, technically. Oh, yeah, Klingberg's on the market. He requested a trade. Right. So, uh, so but, but again, Klingberg could be a move they make in the offseason. Yeah, it's just Sherratt. That contract's very easy to move. Right. But also, I take back what I said. It's, it's very tough to move Klingberg considering that he's on a contract year. Yeah, exactly. Because, because he can go... Like, rental, you can give up so much for him and he won't sign. So Yeah, like Sherratt's a rental. Like, everyone knows that. Right. He's a rental. Um, you're sweating, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, you nervous? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so we're 36 episodes in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not the right time. Anyways, uh, the interesting names to me, and I'll ask you about them, yep. are Jonathan Drouet and Arturi Lekkanen. I think Lekkanen is one guy that you just have to move. Yeah. I, I, uh, he obviously, I'm sure he's an important guy in the locker room. Everyone likes him. I don't think, I don't know one person who doesn't like Arturi Lekkanen as a person. Like everyone just likes that guy. Right. Maybe frustrated on the about his on-ice play because he can't hit the net. But um, there was inquiries about him going to the Rangers, rumors about him going to the Rangers. Um, we've mentioned Vitaly Kravstov multiple times. Absolutely. Obviously, I'm not saying one for one. This is not NHL franchise mode on easy. <laughs> but I wish. It could, it could, something could work there. Um, so yeah, we both agree he could get moved. Yeah, and just to add on to the Lekkanen mm-hmm. point, like I think that, He's almost a player you kind of have to move, right? Yeah. And I think I'd even put him in the same category as Sherrod. Maybe not because you're not going to get as much of a return, and we know that. But I think that he's he's definitely useful and and is yeah. is a player that I, I don't I can't pinpoint a team like well I can pinpoint the Rangers for example, but they can really use a guy like that on their third line for example, exactly. right? Penalty kill, like you need some of these guys. Like it's funny because Sammy Blay got injured, right? That's true, and a bad injury too. Yeah, but it's it's funny because Montreal has a lot of playoff players. As funny as it is, like. You have a lot of guys that are willing to get down to the nitty gritty when it comes down to it, like like a Gallagher, like a Lekkinen, like an Evans, like a Sherrod. Like we have a lot of defensemen who are built for the playoffs, yeah. right? So, yeah, I I think Sherrod is a must move, especially for the price that it seems to be that seems to be on the market right yeah. now. Lekkinen, I think, is a must move. If you want to continue down that list, sorry to cut you off there, but well, here's another one that's just kind of th- like I'm throwing out names that could possibly be moved considering their contracts. Right. Like Jonathan Drouin. What if you retain 50% of Jonathan Drouin's contract? He has two years left. Right. That's two playoff runs at what? What does he make? Five million? Do you retain 50% of it? Like, that's two playoff runs at two point whatever million. Right. That's pretty cheap for a guy who's pretty talented. And if he slots into a championship team, I'm sure he'll score some goals. For sure. And I agree with you. And, and look, I, I think, and I talked about this yesterday again with, with a friend, I really do think that the Montreal Canadiens are, are in a position where taking on a big contract, like retaining salary shouldn't be a big problem. Exactly. Because... Especially the, sorry, especially the two-year, yeah. three-year, de- uh, two-year to one-year deals. Right. It, it would be m- more tough to, you know, retain a salary like Gallagher's, for example. Yeah. But, but regardless, look, again, the Habs are in a position where 
winning is off the table right now. And we know that. And retaining salary doesn't really hurt you if you're not even planning on winning anyway. Exactly. And by the time that these contracts are up, like a Drewing contract with two years left or a Hoffman contract, if it comes down to retaining, even whatever sure it may off, be. You get retained. Right, exactly. Like those are contracts that retaining salary is harmless, in my opinion, in the Montreal Canadiens position. And if you retain salary, your return will likely be a little big, mm-hmm. uh, like a little bigger, right? So I don't think that there's any harm. Like look what Arizona is doing, right? We talked about Literally. this before. Um, so now Kent Hughes is going to evaluate this roster and look at guys with character who he wants to shape into making this a winning organization. Just from that sentence that I just said, mm-hmm. there's a lot of players that don't fit that that mold. Absolutely not. Right? That that where that being a Montreal Canadian, there it's not just playing hockey. Right. right? There's more to it. Names come the names that come to mind are Jonathan Drouin. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he just. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. There's no, just, I agree with you. I don't like Christian Dvorak. Look, I, I, yeah, but I'm sure like Joy, he's from here. Yes, I'm sure he knows it means a lot to the city. Whatever, but there's just missing effort and you know guys that sacrifice their body on the ice for this team. There's just he doesn't like. I'm not saying every player does, but he just doesn't go out there and give it his all and. No. So there's Drouin, Dvorak is a good name. Mike Hoffman, I think he is not yeah. going to be a hab for long. You know, if there's, sorry to cut you off, but if I think if there's one player like that I that I think is the opposite of this, it would be Josh Anderson. And I think yeah. we can both agree on that. But even another player that I think will move regardless of the fact that he slots into the same category is Tyler Toffoli. Like, I yeah. think he knows, I think he, I think he embraces being a Montreal Canadian. He does, and he said it. He wants to stay. He wants right. to be part of the rebuild. But I do think that he could fetch a decent return. That's That's the question you have to ask yourself. What's the return? Because Tyler Toffoli is the the he has the most value, right? Probably, especially at his of contract. guys that could be traded, right? On the Montreal Canadiens, you're saying, yeah, yeah, not, it's not like Suzuki, like, I, right? I no, no, I know what you mean. Um, so look, if he wants to stay, can you put him in the class where because you need guys to hit the the floor, right? Are him and Anderson the veterans you keep on forward? I, I wouldn't mind. Maybe. I mean, there's no. I don't think there's very much harm. To me, the, uh, that's the max you can do. Right. Two. I agree. Um, you can't do like Ottawa and just trade every single veteran, because then your kids won't know how to play. Um, but you can't. In my opinion, you can't keep Anderson, Gallagher, and Toffoli. One of them's got to go. Look, and and I agree with you. And and to be honest, for me, I keep Anderson no matter what. Yeah. I think that he brings that energy. And and you said it. And. A, like I think a few episodes ago and I was kind of on the fence and, and I've mm-hmm. changed my mind completely. And and look, if we look at Tyler Toffoli quickly here, 29 years old, how many years left on his contract? I want to say three, including yeah, this year. Yeah, he a four-year deal, yeah. Look, he is much more valuable to a contending team than he is to us. Mm-hmm. And so would a guy like Josh Anderson, right? But again, like you mentioned, you have to keep around a few guys that w- when it comes time where Caulfield, Suzuki... Romanov, Guli, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like become the players that they will become. It's going to be in turn, it's going to be because of certain players like Josh Anderson who shape that that mold, I guess you can say. Exactly. And if you look at Nick Suzuki, Tyler Toffoli plays a super important role oh, into his development. Yeah. Just off ice, right? I was going to say that too. So it might be more valuable to keep him on the team than move him. Then there's the Gallagher question, which in my opinion, look, I love Brendan Gallagher. I think character, he's the definition of it. He's the guy. Who's the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens? Is it Gallagher? No, it's Suzuki. Yeah, realistic, realistically, it's Suzuki. It's Suzuki. And, and, and there's going to be a captain next year. I think Hughes already said it. 
So it's just to me, it's the right time to move him. I don't know how to. All good things come to an end, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people are gonna like this, but that contract is bad. It's really bad. Are you talking about the Tyler Toffoli one? No, Gallagher. Oh, yeah. It's bad. And if there's a time to move it, I said this a few episodes ago, it's now. You have to move him now. And so there's the Brendan Gallagher name, who I think could be moved. Jonathan Joy, I think could be moved. Dvorak, I don't know if it would happen now. Hoffman can happen now. That'd be a good addition to like a... Imagine if he stayed with the Panthers. I don't think he'd go back, but... Um, I wish Mike Hoffman was on this team last year. Um, I imagine him in the playoffs. Yeah, I think he's lethal. I think yeah, I think he would have brought something for sure. Now it's kind of a waste. Um, and the big question mark, which was asked to Jeff Molson, who answered in a very suspe- suspect way, Carey Price. So for those who don't know, um, Jeff Molson was asked, "Do you want to see Carey Price retire a hab?" And he said, "The most important thing I want to see." For Carey Price is for him to return healthy. That's it. Do you trade Carey Price? I'll ask you that simply. Yes. What if he comes to you and says, I don't mind going through the rebuild, but do whatever's best for the team? Then I... Then I... Then you trade I, him? No, no. At that point, I... Look, look, if what you just said to me is true and he, and he comes to me and says I, that. I'll give you a scenario. Okay, he either fine. comes to you and says, I don't mind going through this rebuild. Um, I want to retire Hab, but if you need to move me, you move me. Or he comes to you and he says, look, I'm 30. How old is he? 34? 34 years old. I need one last shot at a cup. I'll waive my no move if the the team you trade me to or the offer you get okay. to a certain team, I like it. Um, and I'll waive my no move. Look, I, I still trade him. I have the um, utmost respect for him. Seriously. Yeah. I think he's the best goalie to ever put on a Habs jersey, and that says a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? I, and I've never yeah, seen Patrick Wood play, so I don't even want to, like, I don't even... I, so, but, fine. You know what? I take back my comment because I know that there... Well, there probably won't be people coming yeah, after I doubt me. Yeah, that. But, <laughs> I, but that I just don't want to make it too... Uh, I don't want to yeah, make yeah. too much of an aggressive approach here, but... Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that I have a lot of respect for him, and he is a great hockey player, and mm-hmm. and I do believe that his time is coming to a, is coming to an end, and we can both agree we can both agree on that. Yeah. But this Montreal Canadiens team again is going through a is going is at the start of a massive rebuild. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves here, and and he doesn't have a great chance of winning a, a cup with this team. Maybe in five years from now, maybe. Is he still under contract? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I think we signed him to a 10-year? Uh, no. Or an 8-year? Eight 8-year, eight yeah. It's the max. It's been like... That was in 2015? Maybe 2016? Yeah, maybe. So, it will probably be at the back end. Look, like I, I think I think that his contract is movable, as funny as it sounds. Really? I do think that there's teams that would take on that contract. Look, an obvious statement... Do you retain? Maybe a bit, but definitely not 50%. Yeah, because in my opinion, I'd much rather have a $10 million carry price on my team than pay $5 million for carry price to win a Stanley Cup somewhere else. Absolutely. And I don't disagree with you, but mm. would an Edmonton Oilers team, and I'm, I'm asking you this, would an Edmonton Oilers team, do you believe, would take on that full contract? No, they can't. It's physically impossible. 
Are they? Would they be over cap? Yeah, probably. They're, they can't they, even. They can't even sign. They, ba- uh, they, ba- they basically spent to the cap. They eh? can't even the, sign a Vander Kane to two million dollars. Right. They have to put him at one point five or something. Um, he, here's the thing. I want to see Carey Price win a Stanley Cup. It's obvious, right? Um, last year would have been wonderful. It would have been the most amazing thing ever to see him and Weber win the Stanley Cup wearing the Montreal Canadiens jersey. That didn't happen. Do I think he's going to get moved at some point? Yes. Do we know how he's going to get moved? No. Is he going to become the Henrik Lundqvist of the Montreal Canadiens? Where they they were just like out of nowhere. And they told him, look, we're, we're trying to buy you out. Mm-hmm. A guy who did so much for that franchise. I hope that doesn't happen. Because it's kind of a crummy way to separate from a guy. Um... But look, I, his value is at the lowest possible. It's a guy who makes $10 million a year Who's and hasn't played since the Stanley Cup Finals, just got surgery, isn't there for mental reasons. Physically, who knows how he yeah. is. Um, so look, his value is at the, at, at the lowest. Does he play this year? I don't think so. No. Why would he come back? No, In my opinion, why no would point. you come back? So... Who knows? He maybe he played his last game as a hab. I don't think so because I think teams want to see how he would play. Right. But Mark, can I say something? Sorry, you finished what you were gonna say. I'm gonna say it's a tricky situation. Absolutely. Because so you tricky. start the rebuild starts with him. Is he on board or is he not? Because right. that's ten million dollars where you either reach the floor, or it's ten million dollars where you can get to keep another veteran on defense or on forward. Because right. if you keep Price, that means Edmondson probably has to go. Instead of keeping Edmondson and Savard, mm-hmm. one of them has to go. Right. Uh, are you keeping Toffoli, Anderson, and Gallagher? But if you're keeping Price, one of them has to go. You know what I mean? So it all starts with him. Look, I don't want to be this guy, but at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. It's a business. And look, I agree with you. Would the return be substantial for Carey Price at this moment? Probably not as big as GM, owner, president of hockey operations would want. But, like you just mentioned, that's $10 million that is either on or off the books. But what do you do with that $10 million? You're rebuilding anyways. I agree. And we can both agree that taking on big contracts is not the end of the world. But at the end of the day, Kent Hughes is going to have to make moves. And he's going to have to build around. It's no longer Carey Price and Shea Weber that you're building building around. You're building around Nick Suzuki. You're building around... Cole Caulfield, you're building around Gooley, Romanov, etc. These are the players that are going to need the money at... Look, Suzuki's under contract, but look, I know that entry-level contracts are, are three years, and I understand where Caulfield's going to be at in two years from now, and I understand where Romanov's going to be at in one to two years from now, but, but these players are going to demand money. And what happens when you can't offer them as much money as you want because you have Carey Price under contract still? But here's the thing, right? Suzuki's already locked up. Fair, fair. Toffoli's locked up. Anderson's locked up. Okay, so let's say just those three guys are like the, the keeps right now. Mm-hmm. Romanov, he needs a contract this year, and I doubt it'll be. it's going to be a bridge deal. It's probably going to be a bridge deal, but that accumulates, right? You have a guy like Paling who's going to demand a contract at a certain point. Bridge. Right. F- okay, fair, but yeah. Caulfield's not demanding a bridge deal. Actually, we'll see. Well, if he w- doesn't want a bridge deal, it's going to be probably $5 million. If he has another season like this, 
it can if you look at Suzuki, who's making seven. Right, but it, it accumulates. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, it accumulates. Like, yeah, ten million dollars is not pocket change. It, it, it's a, yeah. probably a, how much of the cap. What do you mean? How much is ten million dollars of our cap space? Like percentage wise? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. But it's a lot. Yeah. For one player who's aging and is not providing us very much. Look again. I'm not trying to disrespect him in mm-hmm. any way. I'm really not. And and is he one of my favorite players to watch on the Montreal Canadiens? Absolutely. And definitely for you too. Yeah. But I just think that for this rebuild, I'm not going to say to move in the right direction, but to make a statement and say, look, we are in rebuild mode. I think that he might need to go. He has four years left on his contract. If Look, if Price comes, to, if I'm Kent Hughes and he comes to me and says, I want to be a part of this, I want to retire a Montreal Canadian, I keep him. Four years left on the contract. Struble, Harris, Norlander. That's three years of entry level at nine two five thousand dollars. Three years out of four, which is good. There's your defensive core. Gouli, three years, nine two five. Romanov, probably bridge deal, two to three years at three million per. Caulfield, bridge deal, two to three at four and a half, three. The money's gonna be there. Right? You're not wrong. Maybe by that fourth year, he says, you know what? I'm done with hockey. I retire. Who knows? Or maybe he just mutually agrees to part way uh, to just stop. It's just, I, if he, if this is the guy that says, look, just let me stay here. I don't mind being a part of this. I'd, I'd rather finish my career here. You, you got to do it. I know. I agree. I agree. It's Carey Price. But if he wants to win a hundred percent, I grant his wish because he deserves to win. Mm-hmm. I'm t- if he goes to Colorado, they win the cup. They could probably go back to back. Mm-hmm. I agree. Can they afford that? No. Absolutely not. Um, speaking about Colorado, do you think Kemper... Sorry, I'm going on a completely different track. Yeah. Do you think he's the guy to take them to the... I think they no. can win the Stanley Cup 100%. Like, I think they're favorites. It's funny. We talked about this like two, like two last episode talking about like bad goalies on... Good goalies on bad teams who face tons of shots and amplify their stats. I think Kemper's one of those guys who on Arizona was a great goalie because he was mm. facing so many shots. But now he's playing on a team where, like, you know what I mean? I don't think he's the guy, like, though. Playoffs, it's like three goals a game. There's not many goals. Is he the guy to stop all this? Stop all these shots? I, I don't know. No, probably not, to be honest with you. They should go for Fleury. They're not, but... They, yeah. Imagine a guy with but that look, pedigree in the playoffs. is amazing. But Francois or Francois is also a very solid backup who could be a starter on a team like Edmonton. But, like, if they go to the finals against Tampa Bay... Right. Vasilevsky wins. Outduels him. Outduels him, 100%. Um, but we'll talk about that later. I wanted to talk about um, playoff predictions, like early sure. playoff predictions. But yeah, on the topic of price, it's a, it's very tricky. We'll see what happens. But there's names that can be moved at this off this trade deadline. Hoffman, um, Sherrod to the top, Lekkanen or the mm-hmm. top three. But Kent Hughes has a lot of a lot of work to do and a lot of discussions to have with Gordon because they have to know which direction they're going in. Right. So, um, do you have any? Do you have last words to say on that, or do you just switch? I'll switch the topic. Not here? really. Uh, the only thing I'll add is that I like I I 100% agree with you. And look, like we're sellers. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. So, look, getting a getting a nice return for a guy like Sherrod is 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 great. Getting a return for anyone at this point is great. Mm-hmm. Moving anyone for the right price is great. Um, and look, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll let we'll let it take its course here. And I think that look at the end of the day, I think they're going to make the right decisions for this franchise going forward. And we know yeah, me too. Th- the position which they are in. And I think that we'll we'll find we'll find out a lot more in the coming months. 
I'm going to put you in a context here. Sure. I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's yeah, it's not that tough. It's fine. Okay. Um, you are Bill Zito. Okay. All right. Channel. Cha- My inner Bill Zito. Yeah, your inner Bill Zito. Um, the Arizona Coyotes call you. And they ask. Or you know what? You call the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. And you ask. Chikrin's availability. Jacob Chikrin. Defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old is he? Who's on the... He's a lot, in a lot of trade rumors here. Um, 23 years old defenseman. Drafted 16th overall. You call to ask for his availability because he's a, he's in rumors and because you're the Florida Panthers who are the hottest team in the league right now. Here's the response given to you about what you'd want in return or what the Coyotes would want in return. And I want to know if you would do this. Walk. I don't. I don't care. I. I heard. I, you heard it. You heard the. I heard it. But. I, but even before, I'll tell you. Okay. Can I tell you why? I know yeah. I'm being aggressive here, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> Their decor is very strong. Florida. Yes. Yeah. Like Ekblad, Montour, Uyghur, Gudis. That's your top four. Then you add uh, Gustav Forsling, Lucas Carlson. Like, that's that. It. You don't need a guy like Chikrin, especially at the money that he's making. Four point six is a good contract. It's a good contract, but they can't even afford it right now. So you, they have about two million. What's the offer in cap you space. heard? What's the offer you heard? It was it not was it not Lundell? Um, it was Lundell, someone Knight, else, who, and a first. That's ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. I look if they could find a way though, like would you trade Spencer Knight? Uh, I feel like I, I don't want him to turn into a Carter Hart situation, but it's they they way. traded Levi already. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties there. Um, we were talking about the Florida Panthers um, about trading Spencer Knight and for the Trickern deal it's a lot it, it's an expensive it's a, it's a big ask look to me I think you hold what you got and, and I think that the Panthers are a force to be reckoned with already um, I think that there are, diff- there are different players like, like a Sherratt that might be mm-hmm. look I'm not there's a there's a substantial gap because he's Chikrin. not a rental that's the thing right 4.6 right. until 2025 for a 23-year-old, it's a good yeah. It's a great contract. It's, that's it's why unbelievable. It's hefty. That's why it's hefty. Right. The, the but ask. look, look, I, I think you're right. And I, and I think that, again, you, like you just said, it's not a rental. So, But I think that they might be better off paying, excuse me, a little less for a guy like yeah. Sherratt. Or a little less. A lot less for a guy a like lot, Sherratt. Yeah. And, you know, just bulk up that decor. Because I think Chikrin, you also have to keep in mind that, like, Chikrin is a guy who demands minutes. Mm-hmm. And... You already have a couple guys on that D line that demand minutes. Now, of course, when you go on a large playoff run, it's it's helpful to have you know instead of having two guys play thirty minutes, it's nice to have three guys maybe play twenty five to twenty two to twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. which is what Chikrin will provide. But however, like I think that it's not necessary. I think that they have a very good system in place, which doesn't necessarily like they have their Ekblad for power play one. Their power play two consists of Montour and um, blank, uh, Montour and it's not Uyghur. So Uyghur? No, they don't give him power play time, which then is why really do I have weird. Him in fantasy. <laughs> why do you want him in <laughs> fantasy? Nobody's good. He's yeah, a peripheral he's guy. Yeah, because he's scoring a lot. So I'm like, okay. But maybe it is Uyghur. Maybe I'm tripping yeah, out. Yeah, probably of it. is Uyghur. But anyway, so all that to say is that I, th- I don't think like Lundell is going to be a, a great player in yeah. this league. I think Knight, you give him some time, and I think a first round pick again is is not is not a low asking price. Yeah. When you can just maybe give up 
So much less for a guy like Chirot, maybe even less for a guy like Klingberg, but I don't think it would be a, a move that they would approach considering that they'd have to sign him. But all that to say is that I don't think it's necessarily worth it for a team Yeah, like if you can find a way to get him without that huge asking price, I'd go for it. Right. Because for the next, for multiple years, you have this guy locked in with Ekblad. And if there's anything to improve on this team, it's defense because their forwards are so good. Right. They're like deep one, lines one to exactly. four. Exactly. And the defense is already good. So anyways. Yeah. I agree. Um, but look, it's it's a high asking price, and rightfully so because of his contract and his age. Um, but as we're nearing the end of the episode now, I don't know. We're probably at the fortieth minute because um, now it cut off. But um, we'll talk about early playoff predictions. I like it. So, if the playoffs started today, yep. Let me pull that up for you. So you're gonna? I'm gonna look at the wild card. I have it right here. Oh, I'm going to open up like a... Oh, like a bracket type of bracket. thing? Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Thanks to uh, tankathon.com. This is the draft lottery simulator that we used on the last oh, right. episode. But if you go um, to the bottom, it shows you playoff matchups if it started today. Okay. Updated one minute ago. Um, do you want me to read it out? Yeah, sure. And then we'll just do it. Or do you want to do one at a time and you say who, who, who moves Yeah, sure. On? Sounds good. So we'll start in the West. Okay. Um, Colorado-Winnipeg would be the first-round matchup right now. We don't know what it's going to be like in a few months, but right now it'd be that. Right. Not a bad matchup at all. I think that Winnipeg puts up a good fight, but I think it's... I, I'm not, I don't think it's Colorado's year, but I think it's, I, I think that they're a force to be reckoned with, so I take Colorado in that Who matchup. Who do you have coming out of the West? I have Colorado. I think whoever yeah. comes out of the East wins the Stanley Cup, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I'm in agreement here. I, I think it's Colorado. Look, I think that there's... A couple teams, like I think Minnesota is, is look, a very strong hockey team. Lines mm-hmm. one to four, defensive pairings one to three. Um, look, Vegas is always, especially who knows what's going to happen when they get all their guys healthy. Yeah. But I would yeah. definitely say Colorado. I have Minnesota in the mix in that second spot. Mm-hmm. I'd even put St. Louis in that, tied for second, close to third spot. Yeah. But definitely Colorado coming out of the West. Minnesota-St. Louis would be the next matchup. Yeah, that's would a good then play the matchup. winner of Colorado... Uh, Winnipeg. Right. Great matchup. But Great I'm going to take Minnesota against St. Louis. There. Minnesota? Yeah. Um, Vegas-Nashville? By the way, Ooh. I agree with both of your things, okay. so I'm not cool. saying anything. Um, look, I think I think it's it's not as obvious as, as we may think. I'll take Vegas for their depth. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take Vegas. Vegas. But I do think that Nashville puts up a good fight. Um, and look, who knows what's... Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, what's going to happen. This could be completely it off. Could be completely off. We'll see. Uh, Calgary, LA. Like, look, does LA make the playoffs? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Because right now you have a lot of p- teams in the hunt. Like, uh, like Edmonton's not even there. Yeah, they're well, they're they're, they're garbage. In the wild, they're seventh in the wild card race in that in that Jeez, West Division, so which is crazy. Man. So embarrassing. Only in front of Chicago, Seattle, and Arizona. Imagine that. But um, in that matchup, uh, you said LA and LA and Calgary. Yeah, I'll take Calgary. Pretty easily. Yeah, there. pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and then we won't go through all these tiny little matchups, but we have both have Colorado coming out of the West. Right, yeah. In the East right now, it'd be Carolina-Washington, which that's a That's great a good matchup. matchup. I'm going to take Carolina, though. I yeah, think Carolina, Carolina struggled with uh, playoff performances, and I think that, look, they're, they're, they're a strong team, and they have and look, it, they have to make some noise at one point, right? I'm sorry, Leafs fans, um, but Frederick Anderson will take this team to the conference finals, in my opinion. We'll take. Um, I like it, though. Because they, they're a team that's never had... They're like Colorado. Just get a goalie, Colorado. Like not That's not named Kemper. They honestly, if they if they had a guy like Flurry and Nets who's known to win the playoffs, 
I think Colorado wins the Stanley Cup 100%. Can I cut you off for just a second here? Go I just ahead. got, I just uh, saw a Twitter notification. Yeah. It was from 32 Thoughts, the podcast, oh, okay. like with uh, Friedman. Yeah. He said, I think on the Chikrin situation, oh, cool. he said, I think Florida has let it be known that they're deep in this and that, they're, that they are prepared to do what it takes to get it done. Oh, wow. So, so we just finished that conversation. Right. So like for them, it might be worth the Lundell night plus. Look, you have Bobrovsky locked in for the next, what, six, seven years? Right. Night, night. I think, sorry, five, six. All right, so we're back for the third time. Um, again, little technical difficulty. Um, we said Carolina. Yep. I said Anderson's taking them to the conference finals. And then we moved on to the Leafs. We moved down to the Leafs. So we said Pittsburgh uh, beating the Rangers, Florida being beating the Bruins, which would be an amazing matchup, right. like we Agreed. said. Uh, yeah, Leafs fans, I'm sorry, but... Yeah, look, look, and and, and honestly, I I know, like, look, you're more of a Leafs hater than I am for sure. But, like, (laughs) honestly, like, at this point, nothing against the Leafs. But, like, I I do think that Tampa has a legit, like, legitimate shot to 3 Pete, And and it's so funny because I was talking to my friend. They literally lost a full line. Yeah, it's true. Um, I don't know if this was in the last recording um, because we got a bit cut off here. Uh, But my bold take was that the Stanley Cup is going to be in Florida. Yeah, Whether it's Sunrise or Tampa Bay, it's going to be there. Colorado would be my favorite if they had a proven playoff goaltender. Fair enough. For me, for yeah. me, for me, it's still Florida. Florida, yeah. yeah. Look, Bob Bobrovsky's an amazing he's, goalie. He's twenty-one, three and three, like, or twenty-three and three. And he's won in the playoffs before. Like, I'm not saying Stanley Cups, but he's won. A series. He's, won, he's won, he knows how to win games. Mm-hmm. And that team, that team is built for playoffs. I've always liked Bobrovsky. I have nothing against him. Yeah, I just like the way he plays. He's like a bit less technical than. Vasilevsky, but a bit more technical than Price. I don't know. I just like the way he plays. Um, so we'll end it off on this note because we don't want to have another stoppage here. We're running out of a yeah wiggle room. Um, but the Habs play tonight against Colorado. Uh, hopefully Montembeau doesn't receive another fifty shots. Oh no, it's uh, it's Primo. <laughs> it's tonight. Primo tonight. Hopefully he doesn't get fifty shots. Um, but yeah. By the way, Montembeau faced a hundred shots in two in games. Two games. Insane. Insane. So Colorado tonight, quick bull take. Um, quick bull take. Quick bull take. I'm gonna go with the Romanov goal here. Romanov goal. I'm nice. gonna go with. I'm gonna go with a. Oh, this is bold. I like it. Gordy Howe hat trick from Alexander Romanov. Gordy Howe hat trick. Okay, so goal, goal, assist, and fight. There you go. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, first career hat trick, Michael Pazetta. Oh baby, and a couple <laughs> sellies in there too. I love it. Three sellies in there. Maybe even drops the gloves. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll end it on this note. It's been a bit of a. Shaky ending, but we'll end it on this note. We're still here, baby. We're still. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go watch some football now. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. We'll join you. We'll. we'll we're excited for next week. If we have, we should have. Oh, next week's actually our. Uh, should be our big episode. So we'll we'll talk a bit more about that on social media. But thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, stay stay safe, guys, and uh, stay warm, especially wear your coats outside. It is and cold. fuzzy socks and gloves. Gloves. Fingers. If you go to ODR, you go to the ODR guys. Like two, yeah. two gloves, two Double socks, socket, everything. Yeah, double everything. You want to be, you want to be snizzing out there with. Uh, it, it's it's cold. And just a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Are I don't know nuts? how people do. Yeah, nuts, Mark. It's crazy. Anyways, see you guys.